0: what we just witnessed in the gospels today is called a theophany a theophany is where god reveals himself to humanity in his all all his divinity and his power in his presence and so when christ reveals himself to the disciples in the midst of the storm it's a theophany he's revealing himself in his divine nature as god in the flesh and that's why he says to them do not be afraid I am ego emi is a direct translation from the Greek and that's the same name that God always gives himself in the Old Testament when he said to Moses do not be afraid tell the people that I am sent you to them so this is Christ revealing in a very unique way his divine nature to his disciples and although this is a literal event in history that took place i want to focus today on the symbolic meaning of this episode god revealing himself in the midst of the storm one of the most difficult films i've ever watched is a film called american history x i want to use that as an example today whenever i talk about a movie i'm never endorsing it or telling you to go out and watch it because some of them are pretty intense and this is probably the most intense of all i've seen but i like to take the stories from culture that we're living in and pull out the seeds of truth that are in there that really reveal our faith in the midst of it. And this movie is about two young men, two brothers, whose father is killed. He's a fireman, and he's going to put out a fire in projects, and he's killed by a black man. And the older brother, Derek, he takes all the pain and the confusion and the trauma that came through this event, and he transforms it into rage and resentment against one group of people black people he becomes a neo-nazi and at one point he finds himself in prison after even killing two people and an old mentor of his comes to visit him another black man african-american who used to be a teacher and he comes to visit him and they have a conversation that goes to really the central message of the film man's name is mr sweeney says derek right now your anger is consuming you it's shutting down the the brain that God gave you. And Derek says, what makes you think you know all about what's going on inside me? You don't know anything about me. And he says, I know about me and I know the place that you're in right now. There was a moment when I used to blame everything and everyone for all the pain and suffering and vile things that happened to me that I saw happen to my people blamed. Everyone blamed white people blamed society blamed God. I didn't get no answers because I was asking the wrong questions. You gotta ask the right questions." Derek asks, like what? Like, has anything you've done in your life made your life better? And that question, it transforms Derek. For the first time, he starts to reflect on everything he's been doing ever since he experienced that traumatic event. And he says at one point, I kept asking myself, How did I buy into all this white supremacist garbage? It was because I was pissed off. And nothing I ever did took that feeling away. And I'm tired of being pissed off all the time. Sometimes that's where the road to redemption begins. You have to get tired of being angry. And ask the question, Is anything I'm doing making my life better? So how does this relate to the Gospel? Well, what happened to Derek after his father was killed can happen to any, every single one of us in our experience of suffering in life. The death of his father took him from the safety of his ship that we, he was on, and it threw him into a raging sea of anger, of rage, and confusion. And while he was in the sea, in, the, in those storms, he took all the pain that he was feeling And he geared it towards one group of people. And he made them the object of all his rage. And the deeper that he looked into the chaos, the deeper that he looked into his suffering, the deeper he was sinking into the waters. And that's essentially what Medusa represents, right? Medusa with all the snakes coming out of her head. If you look too deep into her eyes, what happens? You turn to stone. And the symbolic meaning of that is, if we look too deep into suffering, into the evil that's around us, it turns us to stone, so we can't move forward, and we just begin to sink. And that also points to the symbolism of Christ, God in the flesh, walking above the waters of chaos. Jesus reveals himself as the one who has the power to pull us up from the depths of our own resentment, our sorrow, our confusion, when suffering threatens to pull us under. There's just one condition. There's one thing we must do in order to experience him there. We must look at Jesus Christ. Or like Peter, we sink. I was thinking maybe that's the difference between Cain and Abel. Cain's sacrifice was rejected. Abel's sacrifice was acceptable. Every time you see a picture, What you usually see of Cain is he's looking down at his sacrifice and and with his arms out angry at God what do you see in Abel he's looking up all of his attention is just going up to the Lord it's like maybe that's the difference between the bad thief who is condemned and the good thief who was saved the bad thief looked at his suffering and he cried out to Christ save me the good thief just looked at Jesus Christ And he whispered, Remember me. It all depends on what we're looking at. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. The the deeper that we look at our suffering, our problems, the pain we've experienced, so often the more we just get trapped in more anger and confusion and resentment. And we begin to sink into our own hearts. It's like families. And we get in fight with our families, our loved ones, and we begin to just focus over and over again on the negative characteristics they represent, or on the ways that they betrayed us in the past, or the ways that they continue to fall short of everything that we wish wish that they would be. And the more we look at those very things, what happens? The more we analyze their problems and the chaos, the deeper that we sink into resentment and bitterness and sorrow. I, I knew a woman once, she told me that pre-conversion to christ she spent 15 years going to a counselor to talk about a very traumatic event that happened to her when she was a girl in her family she said 15 years of analyzing and studying those problems in my family all i did was build up a deeper and deeper resentment and rage against everyone in my life and all i did was sink deeper into that And it's like these new movements that keep sweeping across America. Every new year, it's a new revolution, a new reason to rage against the system. Doesn't matter if it's feminism, LGBT, race riots, political protests, or Antifa. And what do all of these riots have in common? They're being carried out by people who have suffered, people who have been hurt at some point in their life, carry a lot of pain in their hearts, but the problem is they get so consumed by that suffering that they went through. It's all they look at. The waves of the storm is all they see, and so they just keep sinking deeper and deeper and deeper into the underworld, and it's in the underworld where ideological possession takes place. Where I take all the rage, all the pain that I'm feeling, and I point it at one specific group of people. And I say, everything I've suffered in my life is because of them. Ideologies are always crafted in chaos. And that's exactly what happened to Derek when he lost his father. It's the same thing that can happen in church politics. And I think the division is just growing bigger and bigger as we're going forward. It doesn't matter if you're a liberal or if you're a conservative. The one thing that can be seen on both sides is a growing resentment against what the church isn't in the, fail- in the present moment. So if you're more leaning towards, you have liberals who say, this is a negative sense of it, who say everything's determined by Vatican II, as if the church started 50 years ago. And so anytime I see anything pre-Vatican II traditional, it's a wave, it's chaos that makes me angry and get consumed in that. Or a traditional Catholic, in the bad sense, is someone who says that the church pretty much should just freeze pre-Vatican II. So anytime they see anything about Vatican II, it's chaos, it's a wave, and it causes them to rage. But both sides can get so consumed with the external, so consumed with the chaos and the waves, that we become blind to the presence of the one who still comes to us in the midst of all of this, walking upon it. So no matter what the reason is why we rage, at some point, we have to get tired of being angry. We have to ask the question, is anything I'm doing making my life better, making my relationships better, making my family better, making my church better? Or do I just find myself sinking deeper and deeper into the waves of resentment? And I I truly believe this with all my heart. There's only one way to rise above those waters, above the storms that will always surround us in our life. And that is to look at Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, the one who walks above the waters of chaos, to experience the presence of Christ right there in the place of my pain, right there in the place of my confusion, in the place where I feel like I'm drowning. And all we have to do to experience him there is lift our eyes from the storms and look at him. Because the more that we look at Jesus Christ present in the midst of our suffering, the more he fills us with his own self, with his own divine power, with his own love and mercy and peace. We become what we behold. We become what we behold. The more we behold Jesus Christ, the more he fills us. With the same power that enabled him to walk upon those waters. And what did it? How was Christ able to walk upon those waters? I don't even think he knew he was out there. I don't even think he realized it. Because right before this, what was he doing when he sent his disciples away? He said he went up the mountain to pray with his father. And he was so wrapped in the contemplation of the intimacy, the dialogue just between him and his father that when he started walking down from the land, I don't even think he knew when he went from from ground to water. That's what love has the power to do. It lives us above all the chaos around us. Everyone experiences that when you fall in love. It's so easy to get ideologically possessed when you're angry. The greatest escape for that is falling in love suddenly all the problems don't seem so big anymore. And that's what Christ offers us. He offers us the very intimacy with His Father in the midst of the storms of life. And the more we enter into that, the more He lifts us above all the chaos that is in our hearts and our minds and our country. The thing is, no one can give you that vision. No one can make you see that. You have to choose for yourself. It's a real choice to stop looking at the waves, to stop analyzing the chaos and experience Christ for yourself in the midst of it. Am I more focused on the storms in my life than the one who's walking in the midst of the storms in my life? Am I analyzing my problems more than I'm bringing them to prayer and allowing God to answer it? Am I, do I know more about the presidential candidates and what they're saying on the news than I know about Scripture and the voice of Christ in my prayer? Because that will show us who we're going to, to look for salvation. Because there will always be new storms, new ways, new reasons to be resentful in our life and we can spend our entire lives drowning in it but there's another reality that is always there for us if we lift our eyes the theophany of God in the flesh right there in the midst of it and if we choose to look at him to fill our vision with his presence then he'll have the power to lift us up to quiet the storm And transform all of our pain and confusion into holy communion. All we must do is behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world still present in our midst. And we too can cry out with Peter, truly you are the Son of God.